Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, everybody, welcome to yet another interview here as I guess part of the Prep Phase podcast, uh, is it multiverse? Uh, as I would I would call it at this point, brought to you by uh, Predator Gaming, our big sponsors here for the show. I'm Milos, your host. Joining me is my colleague Hap, and of course, champion Spoit. Good morning, my <laughs> bro. Good afternoon. I know Hap was very specific about it. How are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely amazing. Can't complain. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy. That's the case. We're kind of chatting a bit before we got started with it, and you know, I'm I'm glad that you're you're doing well, taking some time off in this all. And I want to kind of take you back through this with Hap, of course, to the beginning. Um, where where did the name Spoit come from? I actually can't remember actually where I got it from, which is quite sad. Um, I I remember I had a different name back in the days, which mm-hmm. was like Wrath Spoit, and I got rid of the Wrath part. And then I just ended up with Spoit. I can't remember how, but here we how are. long ago was that? Wow, this might be like like six years. Because I remember the first year playing Siege, I didn't really have a name for myself. So I was just changing back and forth. And back then you could just change whenever you want. You didn't have like this 30-day uh kind of like rule. So mm-hmm. I was just changing to anything. And then you settled on Spoit and exactly. it- what did you what did you do before before Siege? Like what got you into gaming from that first moment? I mean, so I'm I'm very I'm uh, I'm very big on sports. I always like played sports when I was a kid. I think at one point I played uh, three different sports at the same time. And in the off seasons and you know, because it's so cold here in in the winter in Sweden, you know, we just sat inside and just played games like all of the other kids and um I uh, guess I just got really good at it, so I continued to it, doing it, and uh, yeah, and here we are, I guess. Did you always play like competitive or PvP games, or were you more of a story-like player when you just started out? Because a lot of us, like for example, they, you know, we started out on like a PlayStation Two or PlayStation Three, yeah, um, you know, playing some single-player games, slowly getting into the shooter genre, and then doing PvP. Um, is that the same for you, or did you instantly like go to like PvP games? Um, I think I've always done kind of PvP games um, because, like in sports, obviously you play against other people, so it's like hmm. it's PvP there as well, I guess. Um, but it's just the way the competitive environment is built in just anything you do when you play against other people, I guess. So yeah, it was like back in the days, it was CS, Call of Duty, all of those things. So yeah. Okay, what was the the kind of the first game you remember competing in that that kind of really brought you into it? Mm, I think CS:GO got me really competitive, um, just by you know grinding through the, uh, the matchmaking ranks, of course, back in the days. But uh, I mean, going back all the way back to it, I think like all the way back in Minecraft these days when I was like 10, 10 years old, I think just playing these kind of fun servers where you just play against other players. It's just it was a blast. 
Do you know there was uh, Minecraft Go Force? I had no idea. Well, I, know I had no idea. I about actually that watched well. those. Is uh, back in the day, I was way more involved in Go Force with ESL, and oh. uh, there were there were Go for Minecrafts on uh, the Sunday, and let's just say it's a uh, it's a different experience. Uh, yeah, very, very different one, unexpectedly. Yeah, I mean, I used to play Hunger Games or uh, Survival Games, if you know what that mm-hmm. is. Those were the ones I was grinding out back in the days. Mm. How old were you when you played your first shooter? Oh, um, I think 10. I think 10, yeah. So I got into CS around 10, and then I think I hit... Yeah, so I hit Global when I was 11. So that's when I was first, like, you know. <laughs> I managed to get up to Supreme, like, when I was, like, 17. Never got further than that, so... <laughs> yeah, I was always struggling around the Supreme rank, and then I kind of made it to Global. I, think, I was the I, happiest I Global kid. for one game. That was it. <laughs> I, I got, like, MGE and then stopped at that point. This is uh, Master Guardian Elite, or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, not, not bad. For, for an old man at that point, compared to what you guys are saying, like... I was already like 22 at that point. So absolute trash. I'm on thermite duty at that point. So <laughs> under, understandable. But uh, from from kind of the, the first game and your inspirations to get into competitive play, what then moved you to get into Siege? Because like there's things in common between Siege and CSGO, but there are also a lot of things that are very different, especially if we're looking at early Siege. How did you get into it? Um, so I got into Siege, so basically me and my friends were at a local uh, party, like a gaming party, just inviting your friends over and just you know, playing together. Mm-hmm. We were playing, so we were playing CS back then, and then, so there was one guy that wasn't playing CS at all, so he was just playing, he was playing Siege in season one, year one, uh, and he was playing the, the free weekend, and mm-hmm. he got everyone to download it, and I just think the way you were like ba- being able to lean and all these kind of cool things. I mean, there was nothing like it. I've never seen it before, so it it definitely caught my. And then I kind of stuck to it, and I bought it after the free weekend was over. Did you uh, call that friend who got you into it to tell him that you're now a major champion? Yeah, yeah. I I, t- I actually <laughs> called him when because um, I saw him the other day. He was asking like how how it's all going and stuff. So I told him, yeah, I just won a major championship. Not bad. Yeah, remember <laughs> that land party back when we were like twelve years old? <laughs> yeah. Actually, Very what nice. age did you get into Siege? So I guess eleven. That's mm. seven years ago. Yeah, eleven. Damn, that that really is a a while ago. And did did you have any, I guess, inspirations coming into Rainbow Six at that point? Because you know, a lot of us will get into a game. Maybe we'll go check out a streamer or a YouTube content creator or something, or maybe see some people if it has a pro scene. Like, mm. for example, yes, there's some players that you will look up to. Oh. Flusha is moving his mouse again. How does that go? So mm. those are kind of the stories that get you attached to it. What pulled you in for Siege? Um, I think I was watching a lot of Penga back then because he was streaming pretty much every day mm-hmm. back in the Penta days or whatever. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that co- that introduced me to the comp scene in a, in a bit, watching as a spectator. Do you feel that you wanted to compete from moment one where you discovered, oh my God, there's actually like a competitive you know, space for this. Did you feel that you wanted to be part of it? Uh, it actually came to me when I was around 13, because then I got introduced to these underage tournaments, like uh, early day CCS, for example. Mm-hmm. So that's where like I started off. Okay. Oh yeah, and yeah. the community cups. 
back okay. in the days. <laughs> yeah. So community cups for those that don't remember, basically cups go for us at that point, but they just, you didn't win anything at the end of them because that was kind of the, mm. the legal part of it that you couldn't, you know, be winning any cash or anything out of it. Um, any other kind of content creators or players that you look up to? Because you, you mentioned uh, Pengu. Uh, anybody else that comes to mind? Um, I think it was Pengu. And I stuck uh, with him for a while until I saw like some other uh, people. Yeah. Has it ever been demotivating um, being not 18, being this good at the game, um, knowing that you're basically stuck with the underage cups with like community tournaments, not able to break through just yet into into the professional leagues um knowing that you know for example when you were 16 still had to wait two full years before you finally had your shot at winning it the tournament for that matter um yeah so when i was around 16 that's when i was playing uh, i was playing nordic championship back then mm -hmm. so this was basically before they introduced the national leagues uh into the cl so that was before this path was a was a possible so that's when it was 16 plus and not 18 plus. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was basically playing that for a bit and uh, we did really good. Like we always finished pretty much the first place and I think we made a thousand dollars. Yeah. And that was pretty huge for us back then, you know, going to going to my parents and showing them that we won a thousand dollars. That was pretty cool. Uh, but then eventually the National Leagues obviously um, turned 18 because of the path into CL. So back, to, so then I was kind of like, yeah, and I don't know what to do now, basically. Fair enough. And you still found your way, I guess, into uh, a farmer's league, as some would say, would would put uh, kind of Benelux at that point. And how did you try to, in the meantime, because you're like, okay, well, I can't really compete at the top tier until I turn 18. What was your way of filling that gap? We know you as the content creator. We know you as kind of the pub star. How did that work? Um, so yeah, eventually when I was around 16, 17, uh, I couldn't play in these tournaments anymore. That's when I kind of did the content creation part more, mm -hmm. uh, kind of grinded streaming and YouTube and that kind of side of the game instead. And as you went to content creation, you, you kind of you, you made a big name for yourself uh, at that point, and everybody knew about you. Some were even wondering whether or not you were legit or not. You put those like accusations to rest. But what was the first moment that you actually got approached by a tier one organization that was currently active in tier one siege to try and get you to join or to be signed as a prospect or to be offered a trial for the future, possibly? Uh yeah, so that was with, it was actually with G2 first. I was going to sign as a content creator and then eventually have a shot at uh, tier one when I was 18. So I was going to transfer from being a content creator for them and, and then being a uh, uh, pro player for them. But that deal never happened because there was some uh, issues basically between the parties. Um, so that didn't uh, go through. And then when time went on for like another like three months, maybe that's when I got these offers uh, for stage two, basically. Why rogue? Uh, I so I was trialing with Navi, Secret, and Rogue, and uh, yeah, the Navi trial went really good. Like I was ready to get picked up. Um, the Secret one didn't go as good uh, for me personally. Uh, the Rogue one was amazing actually, and the way they kind of approached me with this whole new idea of playing the game and 
everything. They they basically like approached me in a professional way compared to the other teams where they just said, "Here are the dates. Come and uh, practice with us." You know. Mm -hmm. So the, I I got in a few interviews before I got uh, the whole kind of schedule from Rogue, and yeah, it was just in a better approachable way, I guess. And it's and I saw more improvement in in that team as a spectator as well watching the league. Okay. Okay. And it seems like there was something that set them apart, that kind of way that they work, plus the support yeah. staff and how it all kind of goes in together. Uh, how was your experience when you were trialing with them? When, you know, you got the offers, you got the scheduling and everything. Uh, how long did you get the trial with them before getting officially picked up? Uh, on what basis was it like, okay, here's the kind of play style we're going for. How was the vibe overall too? I mean, the rogue, uh, the rogue scrims went really well. Um, they kind of like, in a way, picked me up instantly without even trialing, because uh, mm -hmm. of uh, Sathus or Tristan. Yeah. So him and I were really close, and he 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 had faith in me, uh, in a way. But I mean, nonetheless, like the scrims went really good. We were like slapping some teams, uh, tier one teams, and it was doing really good. Uh, comms were really good. The coordination in such a short notice, and yeah. Okay. Okay. Not too shabby, and mm -hmm. uh, you know. Were you guys like excited to get together physically and get some practice time? Because at that point, you were just doing things online, right? You, you had never met one another. You'd never had that experience together, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So the first uh, official tournament we were playing was the Gamers Without Borders. Okay. So we basically had to play that. Or actually, we were going to boot camp for EU League. And we were planning on playing the first play day of EU League uh, at boot camp. But uh, Ely got delayed uh, a week, I remember. So basically, uh, we also had Gamers of Borders. We played it there. Uh, didn't really turn out as good as we thought it was going to be. Obviously, we're playing on different kind of different monitors, different PCs. So we're not really used to the, that environment. So that's probably why we fell short a bit and not qualifying and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're more happy now with the way Berlin turned out. So And obviously, we went to bootcamp because of like... Um, you know, getting the vibes together, not really performing as a team. How important do you think it was to see everybody that early on? Because you hadn't played an official game at that point yet with Rogue. Um, you've been to boot camp. Um, I've talked about it with others as well, and, and they mm. say it's, it's good to know someone beyond just what they do online because people are different in person and allows you to you know, probably deal with problems that arise a bit better because you know each other as people rather than as colleagues at that moment in time. So do you have the same experience of that? That bootcamp has been quite crucial for you as personal development, but also for the team, it's development. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like uh, we, we see each other as like friends more than colleagues for sure. We know pretty much everything about e each and each and one of, uh, another outside of the game. So we're pretty close in that way. What about the gym rat photos? Because seeing oh, yeah. you crying and uh, you know Deepak all together hanging out, going to the gym together, working out, um, you know, it, it really put a smile on many people's faces. Uh, you know, seeing this sort of camaraderie. So, how was that for you, getting to experience, I guess, that small family together? Uh, I mean, as we went there, we obviously noticed that we have a lot of uh, uh, interest in common. For example, the gym. Mm -hmm. I cry and obviously you can just look at the guy and tell him. He literally lives there. Um, yeah. And me and Deepak also likes to work out a lot. So we, we went together as a group. Uh, Leon event, uh, also came um, and joined us. So yeah, it was a 
it was a good experience. We have more of that in the future because Hap was telling me about uh, you know signing sessions in in Berlin where you know Kryan is told to take his shirt off or something. So it's <laughs> like there's a prospect there. Yeah. He did do it very quickly. He, didn't have, he had no issues with it. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, in the media day as well, he just yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we saw them. Don't worry. <laughs> Bart was happy with them. Um, yeah. But um, as you know, you're all just working out together, playing the games together. Um, you know, I can imagine that like you're all quite close to one another. But there must be like one person who you like the most or consider to be a friend the most. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? It's it's okay. We won't coaching staff. I also want to know coaching staff. We won't tell anybody. You can just tell us. It'll just be posted. I mean, like, like on the like a lot of people see me and crying as like the the duo ish. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I wouldn't really say like we're the closest. I mean, I'm I'm as close to everyone. It's just on the internet. It looks like me and crying are the closest. Basically, that's being displayed. But I wouldn't say like, uh, yeah. But I don't really have like one guy that I talk more with. I guess because we always talk to each other, all of us. But I don't know. It's hard. Now, because this was your first foray into competitive play, this is the first team that you get to play with on yeah. the top tier. Uh, you know, we talked about Berlin being your first event ever. Before we talk about that event itself. Um, you know, Rogue are known for their support staff in EU League and even in the LEC in League of Legends where they also have this sort of uh, thing about them. I want to ask you, like, how did the support staff help you getting into all of this? Because uh, I'm sure it must be a pretty different environment going from pup stomping or playing in smaller leagues to playing at the highest league in the continent. Oh, yeah, 100%. So we have uh, Bernie, which is extremely underrated. She helps us everything. She's so basically she's our performance coach. So she, so she came to our boot camp. She was doing like um, team bonding exercises, and she always like comes up to each and one of us at the major, for example. Mm-hmm. Always like talks to us. Uh, and if and if we ever need something, uh, we always go to her as well, performance wise. And yeah, she's amazing. I can really tell that it it really benefits us as a as a group. And and every weekend uh, we have a Bernie meeting, so it's named after her. So <laughs> so if for example throughout the week she is uh, talking to obviously Meepy the coach and Tristan the analyst, and if they notice like uh, a pattern of of something we're struggling with, she kind of like if it if, for example if it's like a communication uh, problem we have throughout the week during during the scrims, she kind of like find the uh, exercises for us to do as a group. Um, as a you know to help uh, prevent that problem so they are working together in that way the coaches and bernie is what, sort of, what sort of problems some... yeah perhaps yeah, please go no, ahead. i was gonna say is, is this something you would have expected when you joined a tier one team um that this is like how life is that you have like a coach just looking after everything you say and like they come up with exercises to improve for you or do you think uh, no. that's a bit different um uh, you obviously knew about the the basics. So basically, the basics are obviously a coach, uh, a coach, an analyst. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't uh, I wasn't ready for Bernie to be also like 
to have a performance coach but obviously that's just beneficial for us as we can see okay and it definitely did work out looking at mm -hmm. it from the outside were there things that you struggled with that you had bernie coming to you or you coming to her for advice or guidance during that time um i mean i i didn't really have issues at all i was just talking about her how i how i feel like if we played really bad at boot camp i just talked to her and like what was the issues today and blah 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 uh but if i need the help i've asked for her it's just like performance based so what can i do to maximize performance like diet uh, working out meditation these kind of things that's what i've done personally to get help from her fair enough and yeah. how is this this stage kind of going through with the team in stage two because kind of we're all asking the question there's a lot of pressure on you also as you know being who you are right and mm. you, you know you come in you all do a good job especially yourself uh but how was that stage two your first ever in competition um i'm really happy about the results um we kind of bottled the first place looking back at it a bit uh throwing a a kind of like a crucial win against Eminem early, uh, early in the in the series. Um, kind of first game vibes as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of, but that happens, I guess. Um, there's nothing else to do about it. Um, but yeah, we're happy about it. We we made a major, and obviously we managed to win the major. Can't complain. Uh, looking to put on a better performance next stage. Aiming for that first uh, first spot. Uh, so yeah. I mean, in my my own like uh, goal is obviously to qualify for every major. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. So obviously top four in every stage, and then making an SI on top of that. That's the goal. But if if we can if we have the shot to make uh, to win it and and finish first, why not? You know. Well, lucky Maybe. for you, I have our own math man half here. Uh, half, <laughs> how close are Rogue to making it to Invitational? I think it's eighth or seventh place and you're confirmed mathematically speaking so uh with that you're almost guaranteed to go to the major like three wins and they're good to go. um, yeah something like that three four wins and you'll find yourselves uh going to SI, especially with how all the results will be going at that point so uh it's a very I'm high likelihood the, the pressure already oh the pressure's so high now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stage two curse the last year doesn't come back it's kind of crazy though how for two years rogue has struggled that much in stage two being like one win and no wins like mm -hmm. 2020 2021 and then you know 2022 stage two they win the major it's a, <laughs> a massive change to come through yeah Curse has definitely been lifted was it last year obviously making it to the the playoffs and playing as they did kind of qualified rogue to that invitational that was there very important because a very different rogue to what it is today but you talk about challenges and pressure like oh my god you know you're really putting it on us uh, is there anything that scares you going into stage three? Because now the the biggest uh, hurdle is, or I guess the, the biggest um, difficulty is not so much getting the trophy that's already difficult enough, but holding on to it for time and time and time again, because no one has been able to do that since G2, right? So yeah. what, what scares you if you look at that future? Um, I think the most scary thing is probably inconsistency. Personally, uh, I'd like to be personally. I'd like to be very consistent as well as uh, on a team base. And but I think in the way we're playing right now and the way the meta is, I think uh, I mean right now. So the upcoming meta is just pretty much just beneficial to us. 
because we're a very adaptive and aggressive team. So I'm very excited. Uh, just hoping for that top four again, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, inconsistency, that's probably the scariest part. Are you talking about new meta? What about Grim? Uh, yeah, and just the way like the new Thatcher EMP uh, device thing works and these kind of cool things. And obviously getting rid of the, the LMG meta a bit, getting these old operators back, which is like insane. It's going to be really the good. LMG changes and the recoil changes overall have, I guess, had an impact because obviously we, we can theory craft and kind of armchair general our way through it all day, every day. But how is it in uh, practice, in your opinion? Uh, so with Finca in my trials, I was basically just playing Finca. It was um, it, it was a few multi kills back actually with 100, uh, 100 bullets in the mag. Uh, it was kind of broken. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm happy it's gone, to be honest. I don't think we're, I mean, we're not really a team that relies on it anyway, because we banned, it was banned, I think, it was banned every play day in EU League, I think. Or was it eight? I'm not sure. It was, I'm pretty sure was it was every play day. I'm checking as we speak. I'm, I'm going to be pulling yeah. it up. He's our, he's our expert on it all. If, if yeah. anything is needed, the man can get it through you. Yeah, because I remember... Eminem banning it first game game day, and then yeah. um, we I think we banned it every single play day since. Uh, halfway through, so far cannot find a day where you haven't banned it. So indeed, not really relying on the LMG. Yeah, not every single time it was banned. There you go. That kind of tells you something about the the play style and the flexibility of the team, especially now in preparation for stage three. How do you describe your own play style? You said aggressive, but you know, aggressive is a word that's always put out on, on teams for like a short description. But if you were to really dig into your roles as players and who does what and how it all functions, how would you describe that? Um, so I'd basically say as a team, we play aggressive as a team mm -hmm. uh, and we don't really have like one fragger or like one support player. We really have... Uh, so basically all of the players are basically flex players. That's what Rogue is. Mm -hmm. Everyone can every role if needed uh, i mean obviously it makes sense to have leon on igl because he he wants he is the better igl mm -hmm. uh, but i mean just role wise uh, i can also play like i don't know flex or crying can play entry it doesn't really matter that's just the way we can adapt and we can be very flexible in the in the meta currently with the attack repick and stuff like that yeah now talking about berlin uh yeah. you, you talked about it um I guess at the end of the the stage and you know the event itself, kind of talking about this is your first event. You've never been to a you know a, an esports event in general, but specifically one where you competed at. Um, how was your experience through it all? Guide me through you know what a day for Spoit looked like at the Berlin Major. It was just uh, I mean obviously we with Rogue uh, Rogue basically got uh, we were gonna make a documentary about the whole thing. So we basically had a cameraman. So that's uh, looking to be published at late this month um so okay. that's gonna be so that's gonna be an insight to how um, we treated everything mm -hmm. but, uh, but for me personally i just tried to be very um like just like having a normal day and waking up on time and having cold showers and nothing special actually just trying to have the right mental uh, mental for the games yeah I was told because I had a little bit of a chat with Bernie afterwards that, yeah, uh, and it was also posted on Twitter by the way. You guys didn't really scrim during the event, no. um, so 
you know, you said it yourself, have a bit of a normal day, but what is it you did? Was it just focused on relaxing, like maybe some team bonding, just having some fun while you're out there and make sure you save all the fire and the focus for the matches itself? Or like, what was the um, approach that, for example, Bernie gave you guys? Like, were you doing any team team exercises instead of the scrimming? Or was it just everybody do your own thing to some extent? Um, we kind of like... I would say we just had we just like we had the team bond uh, going out eating together and doing uh, just going for walks and exploring the city a bit because mm -hmm. obviously the the rooms were very very hot so um uh, you just get really exhausted playing in there and just playing a few scrims um before is not really going to help because I mean, technically for the tournament, the only thing you can really do to improve, I would say, um, is warming up. There's nothing really else you can mm -hmm. do. Because because what? We have each maybe like 10,000 hours. How much is one hour going to improve our performance, really? Um, and how are you going to fix like a problem on like just uh, one screen before the, the next game? Yeah. So it takes time. But... Um, we just made sure we have the right mental and we were not uh, exhausted coming into the matches. It's like prepping for an exam literally, you know, two hours before the exam itself where everybody's, you know, in line going yeah. from their um, from their class to the exam room. I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah, and you have the book, you're like buried in there like, oh my God, yeah, I can't. I don't know if you my degree this way though. So, I mean, it, it, it didn't work for me. But... So, so yeah, that's kind of the, the the vibe. Understanding now how the team was was playing in there, but I think one very important, definitely not underrated uh, thing was the fact that you got to play at the first event in Europe that has had a an audience since Pro League Finals in Milan. That's yeah. two and a half years ago, almost uh, at this point now. Uh, so, how was it having the audience around you? How much of it could you hear? Uh, how much of it did you feel affected you? Um, yeah, the crowd was really loud, actually. Um, it was actually that loud that they actually turned it down on stream, uh, I was told. Um, Sounds about so right. So it, it was, yeah, so we, we basically could hear the, them cheering and everything during, like, the whole game. Um, obviously, they were not as, not, not too loud, so they, like, spoke through the mic. It was more like when we were giving call-outs, then we could hear them in the background. But while you're in the round, it's you're obviously just like you're in the zone, so you don't really pay attention uh, to the crowd in that way. No, but it was a crazy experience, nonetheless. Do you think that if you were playing against it, it would have been a different story, as and you wouldn't have been able to make it as far as you did? You're playing in because, Brazil. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. if you were playing in Brazil? <laughs> do you think you would have been able to win the event the same way that you did now? Um, it would probably be a more of a mental game then, I guess. Um, but again, I think our team has really good mental. Uh, nonetheless but uh, I mean the one time that kind of happened was against uh, against G2 because mm -hmm. a, a lot of G2 fans were there yeah there were a lot of them I saw a lot of um, jerseys there but uh, yeah they were actually cheering a lot for G2 as well we could hear it all the time as well uh, but it was kind of it was kind of a 60-40 split I would say or mm -hmm. so 60 for them and 40 for us but then after the after the G two games and going into the finals and the semifinals, we just it was just uh, the whole crowd was on our side. For me, it felt like after you won against Exet, 
that you are basically already being hauled in as champions, standing on there with your flags, the crowd just cheering <laughs> yeah, yeah. every single move you did. It felt like you won the entire tournament already. What does that do to you? Because like you still have that grand final to go, but like the crowd is is just hot, like getting you in, like already crowning you, basically. I, I actually were lost for words there for a second. I didn't know what to really what to say. I mean, it was just so many people just looking out there and yeah, all the chairs were just filled with people. It was crazy. And you know, it had a lot of people, I guess, every time you try to walk out of the venue, there were people around you. Um, you know, even when you're just walking around in the middle of Berlin, people would just come up to you because there were so mm. many people that were that are coming in and to the to the event and that were staying in the area. So yeah. How how did it feel going to your first because this is your first event and you said you've never been to something like this and it's now spoiled the massive content creator and the massive star player on the team that is basically on the road to winning the entire event. Like how do you how do you handle all of that? Because it's a lot to kind of take in in one go. Um so for me uh, on my end, it wasn't as of a as of a emotional win, just because it kind of like happened, uh, you know, so fast. Like mm -hmm. I just got out of my stage, my first stage, and then win a major. Uh, compared to, for example, like Meepy, who's been like since day one, seven years, you know. Yeah. So, because I know um, Liam got very emotional. Uh, it kind of hit him once he got back on the plane. So a, a few days later, he got very emotional on the plane. He told us. So it, it's actually, it's interesting seeing that way, how I, I, I feel for them as well. Uh, but for me, it's kind of hard to take in because like I said, it's it's my first stage and then directly to the major. It must have been a hell of a Just another day at the office. Yeah. Yeah. 100% win rate. So even Deepak said that. It's like I have a higher win rate at majors than I do yeah. at Alex events, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I remember Fair that. was it uh, Meepy and Leon, like, last time they they really won anything was uh dreamhack way back in the day in 2018 valencia which mm. i mean they were known as idk they weren't even picked up by team secret at that point we're talking like ancient history four years over four years ago now and that's how long it was and i remember you know hugging leon and Mipi and going around and in the city, seeing how everything is and how they're feeling through it, they could barely believe it at that time. They can only imagine now how everybody's grown so much. Um, do do you feel that 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 kind of experience that they've had rubs off on you in a positive light? Uh, yeah, it definitely did. Like I, I uh, so yesterday when I was on my whack, oh sorry, yeah, so yeah, today actually on my way back home from the bus. Um, I was, and then I had to walk because there was no bus to my place. I had to go for like a 20 minute walk. I was just watching back the grand final for the, like the third time, I think. Um, but yeah, that, and then it kind of hit me a little bit as well. Like how, how have you, we just managed to win this and how have we just been playing on that stage for, for that long you know, with all of these people in the crowd? How many, many more, how many more majors are you going to be winning? I'm I mean, ask you. we have one more major before size. the SI one, right? Yeah. We have. Yeah, let's aim for that one. And then the SI one. Okay. Everybody so major and SI. SI. Yeah. I mean, I think I think one a goal of mine um, since playing this game was probably to win an SI. To, be, mm -hmm. to win like the big, big trophy, the big tournament. Uh, so that's probably the goal right now. To grind for that. 
since you know you've been to this event if because we don't know where november is going to happen uh, at least for the major uh, even si because it's been announced that it would probably be moving around the world uh, what are places like if if i told you top three places you would like to go and compete at like cities to compete at win a trophy and also get some time to visit those cities what what would those be for you um i want to go to the states maybe like uh like new york that could be cool um mm-hmm. i think a london major would be insane just for the the crowd uh and i want to see london uh and asia like uh, japan or something that could be insane as well because i've never been to japan or so i would like to go there i i really hope for all of us that there will be uh, a japan major i've never been to new york well, i kind of like drove through new york yeah. very very quickly and never been to the uk i've been to the have you been to the uk hop to the uk uh, yes actually i have i, I really? traveled through walls going to scotland yeah scotland oh yeah, yeah i was going uh gonna holiday there Nice, nice little green and rain. <laughs> Perfect place. <laughs> Sounds like Belgium, or the Netherlands, for that matter, right? It's uh, <laughs> it's all the same at that point. It but just, no uh, Sweden. Funny there. No Sweden sport, even for you as a Swede, like you wouldn't have to have. Oh, yeah. like, imagine it's it's an event, not not in the winter. I know the experience might be different, but mm. imagine it's springtime. It's Stockholm. You have an event in the Globen, you know, somewhere like that. Oh, yeah. The, do you feel that's something? Yeah, that's probably that a place like as well. I'd like to go. I like Stockholm a lot. I like. I think it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Stockholm for sure as well. So if I if we were to pick four places, four places. There you go. Yeah. We we got a pretty pretty extensive pretty expensive extensive list here. That's the whole year basically. Four four events, right? So yeah, it's true. We got it all. Put Let's make together. it happen now. Because obviously you're still a young player at the beginning of their career, obviously a very successful career already. Very good for you, very happy for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I know there's a lot of people out there that you know watch Spoit that are your age when you started competing, when you got into Rainbow Six. Uh, what would you say to them if you say, well, what if I could be the next Spoit, uh, you know, when I turn 18 and I want to compete? So I always think that you should, uh, you should always just Put in the time and effort that comes to just repetition over and over again and putting in valuable time. And one of the biggest things is probably networking with people. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the most important ways right now and, you know, to get into the comp scene. Uh, but always surround yourself around people that want better. That's the most important thing. So, yeah, cut out on these um, toxic friends of yours and get to the grind with the ones that want it. Fair enough. Positivity. Po- yeah, positivity. positivity only. Yeah, positivity, gang. And sometimes positivity has to come from criticism, which might be perceived as negative, but you know, you, you need to evaluate and be introspective in order to be positive. It's part of the part of the process, right? Yes. Okay. And now the final bit of all of this now is what to expect in stage three. You said you wanted to go to the major you know you wanted to go to invitational you're pretty close to it too uh, what do you think could stop you from achieving um, i mean I, I don't know actually because uh, right now we're feeling really confident we're feeling the most confident we have ever felt uh, mm-hmm. i would say as a roster i mean rogue rogue now compared to rogue back in the gamers without border that's just a whole different team yeah 
um, the way we approach the game and the way we play the game. So right now we're just feeling really confident and uh, hope to be hope to be a banger stage coming up in stage three. Any team you are most scared of in Europe or looking forward to see the most? Um, I mean, there's a lot of roster changes happening, so mm -hmm. we'll see how that turn out for the teams. I think it, it's either going to be like, either the teams are going to be really good or the teams are just going to, I don't know, be worse because it takes time for the yeah. teams to prove themselves and be good and consistent. So, but yeah, just hoping to play our own game uh, not focus too much on the enemies, just continue like the, like we are right now. Who would you see as the top four that make it to the next major from Europe? Knowing the the transfer at this point, uh, the the official posts about transfers would have already been out. So you should be out. About, <laughs> should be out, but it's supposed to be. It was part of the conversation topics for for all of this. So, uh, how do you see the top four? Mm, wait, I'm just uh, watching Wikipedia real quick. Yeah, I think uh, I think we will be in the top four. Um, Wolves. They are really consistent and they play the meta really good. Um, and then the the other two spots could really go to any team, um, depending on the honey, honeymoon phases and whatnot. Um, okay. The new VP roster actually is looking really interesting. The outsiders, mm -hmm. actually, with the with the new addition of um, always Dan and joystick. So we'll see how yeah. that will pl be played out. Uh, but yeah, just like the team that plays the most meta right now is going to be um, be doing good. I mean, G2, probably up there. Uh, then it, So I would say G2, Wolves, Rogue, and then it could be really be... Uh, then there's like three, four teams fighting for that fourth spot, I'd say. Um, BDS, Heroic, Outsiders, Eminem, I would say. There's a lot of options. It's a pretty yeah. good variety. Yeah keeps everybody guessing who makes it to the next event right that's you know you want people to always be on their toes keep on watching for every single week right yeah and as leon said or tweeted the other day uh breaking news rogue is not making changes hey. <laughs> i would be incredibly surprised but then again uh there's been some weirder stuff that happened yeah. in uh, siege comp so yeah i mean me and me and Deepak might now retire, so we can keep that 100% win rate, you know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be a, a pretty good way of going about it. True. At that point. I mean, Bigotty at this point can uh, can do whatever uh, yeah. from, from what he's shown, right? Exactly. All right. And kind of wrapping this all up, Spoit, uh, anything you want to say to fans out there in general have kind of if you if you wanted people to just kind of come in and watch you competing in stage three what would you say to them um thanks for the support uh we always see it where where whether it's uh, tweets whether it's uh, dms or whatever it is we always see it and we always appreciate it it means the world to us and uh yeah keep rooting for us and we will show you uh, guys results good this one over here spoit thank you so very much for Thank joining us today on the Prep Phase podcast interview section. And uh, Hap, of course, for being my co-host for today. It was a lot of fun having both of you on, kind of having a chat about all of this. And uh, yeah, for everybody else you are watching at home, thanks for joining us. But we'll be back in EU League probably only a couple days after this uh, this video is out. We've already had it all set in stone as September 12th. So 
willing. We will be back for EU League. You'll be able to see Spoit and the rest of the squad Rogue competing in that first matchup. So very excited for it. Uh, Spoit Hap, thank you so much again. Thank you. We will see you on the next interview. If you have any recommendations, people would like us to chat to and really hear their own opinions or topics that you'd like us to see addressed on here between us, let us know in the comments and in the tweets or wherever it may be. Till then, take care. We love you. Bye-bye.